Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Genesis 26. Okay, here we go. Now there was a famine in the land, beside the former famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to King Abimelech of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Settle in the land that I show you. Reside in that land as an alien. Some translations say reside in that land temporarily. And I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands. And I will fulfill the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I'll make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven. And will give to your offspring all these lands. And all the nations of the earth shall gain blessing for themselves through your offspring. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, commandments, statutes and laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. Isaac sowed seed in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich. He prospered more and more until he became very wealthy. He had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, you've become too powerful for us. So Isaac departed from there and camped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a spring of a well of spring water, the herders of Gerar quarrelled with Isaac's herders, saying, "The water's ours." So he called the well Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well and they quarrelled over that one also. So he called it Sitna. He moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel it, quarrel over it. So he called it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba, and that very night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you, and I will bless you and make your offspring numerous for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug another well. So, question, what's been blocking God's blessings in your life? I assume none of us have got all of the blessings that we would um, want to get from God. I assume nobody here has got a pain-free, everything's brilliant in my life um, story. You know, if people ask you, you're going to say fine or okay. Um, but if you look around at the people around you, let me tell you the truth about them. They're, they haven't got it all as good as it, as it looks. Look at somebody else. Tell you, I think he's talking about you. Because we're very good at putting it on, on the outside, and being, oh no, everything's fine, especially when you come to church. But, but there's, there's things that can, that can block us. And, um, and specifically tonight, to anybody who, as you think and start to look back, even just a little while, it might seem like, yeah, you believe that God loves you, and you're doing your best to try and follow Jesus, and you know that he wants to bless you, because after all, the Bible says so. But something kind of blocks it, and maybe... Maybe someone, maybe or it could even be that little voice in your own head that 
stops the blessings because there's a lie there or there's a pattern that you get stuck in. And that's why uh, if you're in the room, nearby somewhere, there's a pen and paper and you can write down anything that may come to mind as I speak. So I'm going to encourage you, actually, even though you're sitting down, stand up and grab a bit of paper. And it might be that you want, God wants to say more to you than just a little post-it note tonight. So if in faith you think he wants to say more to you than just a post-it note size, maybe you can get some of the big pieces of paper that are also down there too and grab a pen. So come on, interactive, let's get moving and helping rather than waiting for somebody to come to us. Why don't you just move? There's some down by the, t- by the camera there on the, uh, on the table. And if you're at home doing this too get some um, paper get a pen and uh, get ready to do something and respond and 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 you know in listening to God and doing what he says not just waiting for God to do everything for us we want to do something with him so we've all hopefully got some pen and paper don't worry about your spelling nobody's going to be looking at anything like this when we're writing it down it's and in fact nobody's going to look at anything that you've written down it's not a test it's just between you and him So, when God wanted to redeem and rescue the world that he'd made, he called an Iraqi by the name of Abraham, who we just mentioned, in around 2000 AD, to leave the place where he was living and go to what we now know as the Holy Land, the Promised Land. And the promises of the blessings of God, which came to him, were going to be physical and spiritual. And many times throughout his life, Abraham's life, God would appear to him and speak to him and just keep on giving him more and more promises of blessing. When he was 99, he said to him, if you'll just believe me, I'm going to make your name great. If you trust me, you're going to own the land that you're walking on. And and, and in time, it's going to belong to millions of your descendants who will be blessed and be a blessing for all the nations. Even though at that point, Abraham, as I say, was well old and there was no way that could happen naturally. But a year after that promise, Isaac was born. The same Isaac we've just been reading about. 37 years later, Abraham finally bought some land in that place as a burial place for his wife, Sarah. And so he ended up with a permanent piece of ownership of the land of Israel that later became Israel that's been fought and contested over ever since. So the thing I'm going to ask you to be praying and thinking and writing about in a bit, not so much making notes on the talk as thinking or asking God, what's been blocking my blessings? What is it that's, that's holding back anything or any, everything that you want to do? And just ask him for a, a clue for that. And, and as we're doing that, the Holy Spirit can bring to mind a word that somebody spoke over you. It could be, it could be you know, God's been saying to you, I want to bless you, I want to bless you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. And yet there's been another voice, maybe on the inside, or another voice of somebody else from way back in the past that, that says, no, not you, not now. No. So give that voice, um, well... Give it permission to speak one last time and write something down about the kind of thing that it says to you on that piece of paper tonight. And then we're going to do something with it. So, Abraham, as I said, bought some land in this place that is still the most contested piece of geography on the earth. It became Israel. Because there are promises and there are prophecies and there are plans that God has, but there's also often battle over blessings. And especially, I'm going to say, to do with land. Many of you know, in 1893, this church was founded by a guy called Oliver Brockbank. The same year, 1893, in Cheadle Hume, some people bought a piece of land that became the Lacrosse Club over at Cheadle Hume. 125 years later, Ivy bought that land 
for another 125 years on a lease for £1,000 a year for this amazing piece of land. It's quite fantastic. And I see the hand of God in that because it's part of the promise and the fulfilment of prophecies that God has spoken to this church over the years. So I've had people say to me, why did we buy a cricket club? We even had somebody ask the question at AGM. I don't understand why we've done this. And you know what the real answer is? Two answers. One, I don't know. Two. (laughs) Two. Obedience. That's it. We just, you know, trying to do what we believe God is saying. And that's often, if you'd have stopped Abraham as he's walking through that land, not knowing what he's going for all those years and said to him, why are you here? I think he would have said, A, I don't know. (laughs) B, obedience. Just try to do what I think God's told me to do. And because he did, he ended up being called the father of faith. And because he did, he ended up getting an inheritance to be able to pass on. And, and we've had so many prophecies and words. And it doesn't always make it dead clear, but it gives you a bit of a direction. In February 2001, before I was ever here, some of you were here, I suppose, there was a prophet called Graham Cook who came here and he spoke about the future church. And we have that word on the wall upstairs. Uh, and he talked about... God was giving Ivy the keys to the city. That's what it ended up shorthand for that prophetic word that he gave. It's, it's a good reminder. It's good for it to remember the words that God has spoken to us. Again, God would keep coming to Abraham and saying, remember I've promised, remember I've promised. And some of these things have multiple applications at different times. But you know, I wrote, I wrote some things down from that prophecy upstairs. And this is the kind of words, it says... God said to Graham, there is a bunch of keys in Ivy Cottage, which is what the church was then called. One is a key to the city. It's got your name on it. It's not given by the church fathers. It's given by the father of all nations. God is trusting you with this key. It's amazing, isn't it? And then he went on. There is a place of favour being prepared for you in the house here. There are keys to unlock properties. One of the keys is to unlock a bigger venue. There is a building... It's many times bigger than what you think you need. And again, we might think bigger building, but he doesn't actually say that. And the hand of God is going to be on that particular place. It's situated in a place where God is going to move in a very powerful way. And then he went on to talk about another key being worship. And that was amazing. And he actually said evenings of gathering like this and worshipping and praying are going to be really important for us to unlock what God wants to do, which is why we do these Ivy Centrals. And then he said this, this new building is located in a place where God will give you immense favour. God is releasing the keys. And as you worship God, something will be released, an extraordinary unity, a friendship that will overwhelm communities and families and people. Yeah, it is awesome. 2001 must have been pretty amazing because not long after that, a month later, a guy called Mark Isles came and uh, he delivered a word and I spoke to him afterwards sometime later, years later, and he said that he didn't know whether it had come true or not because nobody ever got back to him and told him anything about it. All he could remember is that he got a speeding ticket on the way home when he went down Princess Road. (laughs) But, um, But... he, I, and I said to him when I rang him up, I said, so much of what you said has been fulfilled. It was like bang on. But I believe there are still blessings in that word that are waiting for us to see them as we align with God's plans and with the Holy Spirit. We're going to see it now, I think, in our time. We have opportunity for that. So I haven't got time to read all of this. But if you, if, if you email the office, 
info at ivychurch.org and just ask, they'll send you these and then you can read them in detail, you can pray them all yourself. But Mark basically prophesied three things. Number one, that the, the, church, the Lord wanted this to be a church where unity marked the fellowship. Number two, he said there were going to be many powerful ministries led and pioneered by women from Ivy. I think we just heard about one, didn't we? That keeps on being fulfilled, has been fulfilled time and time again. And when he said it, it would have been a lot more unusual and difficult. It still is in many, many places, many churches for women to be able to to have ministry. But, But we've seen that and we want more, don't we? Yes, we do. And third, he said, the last season he could foresee would be, and I quote, a time of provision, of financial provision. And then he he said that he prayed about that and he wondered, is it about buildings and is it about redeveloping? And God said to him, yes, that's on the agenda, but, quote, before that, God is going to plant out to five churches from this place. So the building's agenda will be postponed for a while. And the picture I have is of a wheel and a hub with five spokes coming out. The mothership with five spokes coming out to fellowships around it all within travelling distance. The father is going to make this place a mother church because this room, he was saying then, is too small, but God will overcome that by the fact that the Lord is going to plant out other churches. Now, I'm bringing these to remind some of us, God's known what he's doing and God is still in control. Nothing that's going on in the world is catching him off guard. And we can pray into the fulfilment of these promises. And I know that there's many other people, it's brilliant, who've joined us recently. And, and you need to know, if you're going to be part of our future, it's good to know something about our history with God. And there's always been guidance, there's always been confirmation from God, and we can trust that he's going to keep on speaking to us. But what he doesn't, he doesn't just show us everything in advance. Have you discovered that about God? You know, there's, there's a thing we have around here, I've said for years, it's called the unrolling scroll. And the idea is that, that God will just show us a couple of lines to be obedient to. It's like a scroll. And as I look at that and see those couple of lines and do what he says, then I look and he's unrolled another bit. And a bit more and a bit more. Because if he just showed me everything that he's going to do, I'd run a mile, I'd freak out. I'd think that's impossible, there's no way we can do that. So he just gives us enough. And that's also why God would take Abraham out at night and say, look at the stars, if you can. I've got an amazing app on my phone now that that I can look at the stars and and see which ones they are. And you know what? There's a lot more than you think. (laughs) I'm like looking and looping around here. I'm like, oh, there's about six stars tonight. There's more stars in this room. But then I go out and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's Jupiter. And it's like, wow. And Abraham gets taken outside to go and look at the size, just so then he can hear, hear something. he's mind blown about the size of the God who he's, who he's praying to. And God says, try and count the stars, bet you can't. And, and he says, and I'm going to bless you and your descendants. You're not going to even be able to number your descendants either. And this is why he's not got any hope whatsoever that he's ever going to have a son. It expands his vision beyond what he can see naturally. And that's what prophecy does. That's why we need you to write your stuff up up on here tonight. And I've noticed that this side's got things on it, but this side hasn't. And I want people, has it got more? It's good, okay. Well, apart from mine, I wrote one. That one doesn't count. But (laughs) let's move over there and start writing some more out before we're done too, of things that you feel God's saying. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be long. Just, Just if God's been speaking to you for us, we want to hear it. We want to know what God's saying. So, 
More recently, some friends from the Glasgow Prophetic Centre came down and, and they prayed in this place and they said this church is strategically placed here by God as the south gate of the city, that we get to say what goes in and what comes out. Isn't that scary? Isn't that an incredible responsibility to take on, to realise that? And we've had so many prophecies, things that just at the time when we needed them, God's spoken to us so many times and helped us. And so again, write it, or if you're watching online, put it in the chat or email it to us. And, and, uh, and last year, a prophet by, from the city called Matt Britton had a word, and, and that's on the wall upstairs now too, from a dream that he had about Cheadle and Ivy buying a building and a church starting there. And by the way, you know that Cheadle Hume started out as Cheadle anyway. But he said in there, he knows that that area, Cheadle and around there, has birthed some incredible world-changing ministries over the years. And he listed some examples. And then he says this, I wonder if a fresh fire is coming back to Cheadle. One which births mission and new organisations, revives the community, makes it a key place for new expressions of church that goes far to reach our nation and beyond. Is Ivy called to stir up its destiny in Cheadle once more? And of course, there's some good churches there already. But then he said this, I feel Ivy will be known for music, mission, and miracles. I like that, do you? Yeah. Music, mission, and miracles. And then he said the Lord gave him the word indefatigable. And I'm glad he gave him that word because I wasn't sure what it meant. And he said it's not a word that he would use normally. But he said it means, as he prayed about it, that where a previous generation grew exhausted, the next generation of ivy will be tireless, indefatigable, a tireless defender of the faith, a tireless sower of the kingdom. In the face of a nation exhausted post-COVID, ivy will carry an inexhaustible witness. It will look like an energised people to a fatigued world. And that energy will draw tired people in. So if you've been drawn in here tonight tired, great. But the Lord wants to energise us, get plugged into the Holy Spirit so that we are indefatigable. And then he, I'm seeing that happen already. I'm seeing that coming in, people being, coming in like with their heads down and going out different week after week. But then he says this, there's a new chapter turning and Cheadle and Ivy features heavily. The Lord is giving keys. I don't know if he knew about the previous thing, but the Lord is giving keys to what he's building in and through Cheadle. It is a work both for the local community, far and wide reaching the nation and the nations. So again, big stuff. Should we just pray for a moment before we look again at this Bible passage? Take a moment and say, Lord, just speak to me. I need to hear you. Show me what's anything that's blocking what you want and what you've got for me. Not just for me, but so that I can be a blessing. So, thank God for the Bible. I don't know what's been the thing for you that's carried you through these times, but as we started to break ground at Cheadle Hume, which was just about exactly three years ago, the opposition increased, and I do believe that's to do with buying land. Like when you're doing stuff that's temporary and all of that, that's all right, but there's a whole other level of opposition that can come when you, when you say, you know, because the, 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 the devil thinks this world belongs to him. 
But God made it and created it, and he wants his children to go and get it back. And so the story of the Bible very much is often over land. You know, and when, when Henneke's going out there, we need to be praying for her as she goes and breaks new ground in, in, in Greece. And wherever, you know, but we, we kind of don't realise that where we are, that wherever we are at, there's often spiritual battle involved in that. But, so I, but I read my Bible, and that's what has kept me going, just like communication from God. When I just wake up in the morning and every day I read a few chapters of the Bible, and I have a plan to do that. I don't just read it because I have to preach. I don't just read it because it's a good thing for Christians to do. I read my Bible for survival it's like I don't know how anybody does this Christian stuff without having a regular pattern and a discipline of reading the scripture and not just hearing it somebody else talking about it but actually there's an awful lot of people who somehow try to do that in the last month or so my Old Testament readings have focused on Abraham who I mentioned already and then his son Isaac by his wife Sarah 25 years after the promise when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was a mere slip of a girl only 90 God did what he said he would do and his promise was fulfilled and then move on fast forward Abraham died and things became really hard for Isaac he had an older half brother called Ishmael who was really bitter because Isaac got the firstborn inheritance even though he wasn't technically the firstborn and so there's you know, problems between the two of them. And then, as I say, we get to Genesis chapter 26, and it says that a severe famine came upon the land, and there'd already been a famine just before it. So this is like, there'd been a terrible hard time, and then it gets worse. And God appeared and spoke to Isaac and said to him, I want you to move your family to a place called Gerar. And that isn't Egypt, where in the past Abraham went and God provided for him there. It's a different place. This is where the Philistines ruled. It was by the coast. It was enemy territory. Verse 2. Live in the place I tell you to live. Stay in this land temporarily. I'll be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I'll give all these lands and confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. And then God, as we heard, just repeated all the ways that he was going to bless Isaac. Then... Verse 6, Isaac stayed in Gerar. And that word just means lodging place in Hebrew. It's like a temporary place. It's not where he's meant to stay. And when we have planted out, if you know anything of the recent history of this mother church, as we moved out into various locations, starting just a few years after those prophecies were given. And I don't know how to count them, the way what counts with God. But I can easily list five new ways that church has started from this church. Without looking at the ways in which we've sent other people out who've gone and planted all kinds of other churches too. You know, even people who see Sonny, like John Whitten, who came from this church. and what, how, I, We've lost count of how many churches John's been responsible for, <laughs> for planting. It's unbelievable. And, and we've raised up leaders and we've released people who've moved and done amazing things. And, and, but as we moved around as a church, it can be hard to move around like that. But nothing, as I say, like the opposition that you encounter when you come to buy some new land. Because, as I say, the... The devil thinks it's his, but the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. <laughs> in it, mate. So moving down, moving down, the, as I say, for the sake of time to verse 12, if you're following along, it says Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. 
You know, God's economy isn't dependent on human wisdom. In a time of famine, what would the world say? Hold on. Hold tight. What did Isaac... In fact, look look at the passage again. What did Isaac do so that he reaped a hundredfold? He planted. He sowed. He didn't know in advance, but he trusted and acted in faith. And if he sowed one seed... How much would he have got back? Well, a hundredfold, multiple of what he planted. You know, you've probably heard the biblical phrase, you reap what you sow, but you only reap if you sow. Look what happened, as I said, he became rich, his wealth began to grow. He had so many flocks and herds, the Philistines came along and started to block up the wells that his father Abraham's servants had dug in the past and filling them with earth and they told him to move away. See, what this tells me is we can't, it's good to thank God for the blessings of the past, but we can't rely on them. Isaac had, you know, gifts of the previous generation, but God had something fresh in mind. And, and while he's just staying there in those places of blessing, they started to get blocked. And so he moved on. He's still in Gerar, he's still in the temporary place. And he's looking for a place where he's going to be able to have water for his family and the flocks. And verse 18, he reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham. And he gave them the same names that his father had given them. And I believe in the future, here's me prophesying, God will give us more places. God is going to give us more places in the future. Uh, He's going to lead us to places of past blessing. And, you know, it could be other churches that are struggling and going to fold or have to sell up. And the Lord's going to open them to us, I believe, if we're faithful and if we follow him. And and we can help and strengthen things that are dying out. And, And or maybe we'll go back to some of the ways and the places that we've met in the past and we'll do things there again. We've never ruled that out, so maybe we will again at times meet in Manchester Academy or in 256 or in various Starbucks or in various hotels or in Cine World at Didsbury or in the Trafford Centre or in... All kinds of places, or in the Fuse and in, in Partington, or in Gorton Monastery. I mean, we've actually been quite a few places when you think about it. Some of you have been there in all of them with me. But God, I believe, will also give us more places. He doesn't have to, he's not limited to blessing us like he did, is he? No, is the answer. <laughs> so, it's a mindset question. It's a faith question. It's, when does it start? It starts when you believe that God is the God who can bless you a hundredfold, even in a time of famine. Because again, everything in the world right now would say to us, oh, it's a scary place and maybe lockdown will happen again soon and, and hunker down and hope and all that. But, you know, even, even though those things are true, even though it's hard, you know, the enemy was trying to block all the ways that God was blessing Isaac and his tribe and kept, and, and, he, and he saw how they were increasing and these hostile enemies kept coming and throwing rubbish in, trying to poison the wells or block them up so the sheep would die or be lost or have nowhere to go. Life in Gerar wasn't easy at all. They saw the blessing on his life. And the thing is, as you follow God, people will eventually notice and see the blessing that is on your life. And not everybody's going to go hooray. 
over that. Every time Isaac reopened a well, the Philistines would come back and claim it as theirs. You know, that could, again, that'd be like you're growing in, as a Christian in some way and there might be other people who get around you and just want to fill your well up and block it. Yeah? So some people are nodding because they know what I mean. <laughs> you know? Every time the Philistines would claim back as theirs those old wells. And then he went somewhere fresh and tried that. Verse 19, Isaac's servants dug in the, well, in the valley. Sometimes you've got to dig in the valley. And discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarrelled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours. So he named the well Isek. Which means quarrelling or contention. Because they disputed with him. And of course, contention is the spirit of our age, isn't it? There's no middle ground over anything these days. You're either with me or you're against me and an idiot. That's basically, you know, name any, any topic whatsoever. It's, we can fall out over it. But, but God's commanded a blessing on unity. What's blocking your blessings? That's why, again, you've got this pen and paper as your response. Is there something or somebody you've been arguing with or falling out over? Is there an issue that actually doesn't really matter that much, but it's mattered a little bit too much to you and you've become contentious over it? Somebody you need to forgive. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, but Isaac named the problem. That's what I want you to see here. He saw what it was and he called it. You can't solve a problem you can't and won't name. You have to identify it. And by God's grace, I'm asking that he's going to name tonight. And it may not be for everybody. For some people, the breakthrough's only going to come when we name the thing that's been blocking that well. And then he moved on from that well. Well, he knew he was following the God of the hundredfold blessing and that wasn't happening there. And he knew that God was going to bless him and that that was irreversible and unstoppable. So even if they stopped up his well, he knew nothing can stop the Lord. So he moved on. He didn't continue quarrelling there. He moved on. So after the quarrel and the striving, there's a choice and there's a decision. And he didn't camp out around that and carry on and carry on. Sometimes we can do that. Anybody else? You know, just hang around that quarrel and that contention and maybe we'll win it if we just, you know, pull our face long enough. <laughs> or whatever didn't work before. Verse 21 says he dug another well. Yay, another well. Hard work digging wells. And guess what? They argued about that one too. So he called that, he named it, Sitna. which means enmity. It has the connotation of jealous accusation of like legal problems. It's like they're, they're trying to sue him in some way. That's exactly what is involved in this. And, you know, and again, the, the, the problem can fester, the contention can foster, and then it, it starts to become some kind of legal dispute. And, and, and there's like raging and anger. And, it, and it's like, that's it now. That's what it's about. 
And remember, Isaac's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing to deserve this. All he's trying to do is follow God. But it's like two steps forward, three steps back. No real progress. And there's just trouble and strife. I'm not talking about Cockney rhyming slang there. Do you think that he would have felt like giving up? Yes? If it was you, would you have felt like giving up? Honesty moment? Have you felt like giving up at all? At times? A few people. Just, you know, too hard, God. I'm just trying to follow you. And you said that you'd bless me. You said if I followed you, then you'd bless me. And, and I'm just digging and fighting. It just feels like I'm just digging and fighting. And, and there's contention and there's disputing. And, 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 you know, what's been blocking up your wells? Failures? Fighting? Sorrows? Sickness? Trouble and strife? Or maybe the saboteurs are internal, like I said before. Maybe it isn't anybody else. Maybe it's more you. The secret saboteurs are harder to spot because the voices that speak to you then sound like you. Maybe those voices were spoken to you even when you were a child, but they're still influencing you now that you, 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 you think you've grown up. But those voices tell you, not you. You're a failure. You can't measure up. You, you, you'll never... You'll never do it. But, you, but that will make you try harder. So you're going to dig more and more and more. And, and then when you don't feel like you're doing it, then it's going to turn you into a workaholic. Or a people pleaser. Or, or scared to even try again. Or constantly restless. You just have to dig wells everywhere, hoping that one of them's going to hit water. Or, or, or you always judge yourself negatively. And you know the problem with judging yourself negatively is before long you start to judge everybody else negatively too. The two go together. And that all just increases anxiety. So what is it? What's blocking your blessing tonight? Name it. Do you believe you can't be loved? Not really. Or that you can't be forgiven? Not fully. Or you can't be used for God? Not for anything great. Maybe a teensy-weensy bit. What's stopping you? See, nothing can stop God. Do we agree? Yeah. I'm not sure you agree. I'm going to do it again. Okay, yes, thank you, Ruth. Yeah, somebody does. Nothing can stop God. Is that right? Yes. So, what's stopping you? What's stopping me? If nothing can stop the Lord. Nothing can stop... M- him but what's stopping me apart from me maybe again it's what somebody said to you and and you know or maybe it's like what somebody did to you and you're like if you told me that story of what they did to you I'd agree it was horrible and it was unfair and it was unjust and and uh, you know they didn't have no business blocking up your well and you did nothing well and they came along and they threw all that rubbish on you and all that kind of stuff I don't know what it was but Jesus knows Bring it to him, bring them to him, wherever it was. And even if it's just the beginning of bringing it to him tonight, start to bring it to him. Write it down and say, God, I, I don't even know how you could help with this, but I don't want that well to keep on being blocked. So, so I'm going to bring it to you tonight. I'm going to bring that situation to you because I don't want to remain, well, a victim of that any longer. Somebody needs to hear these words. Not everybody, but somebody. Move on.
it's time to move on because that's what he did there. He didn't stay around Sitna either. It's time to move on. There's something better if you stop camping out there or there. If you move on from the strife, if you move on from the accusations, or you move on from the hurt, or you move on from the hate, whatever it is, God still wants to bless you a hundredfold. He's got a, a place for you. He's got another way for you. And, you know, when Isaac saw all these unpleasant things, awful things happening to him, he didn't strive, he didn't quarrel. He'd seen the hundredfold blessing that comes from God. And, and it wasn't dependent upon people or circumstances. So he moved away from there. And what did he do? He dug another well. He didn't give up. He didn't go back. He dug again. And this time, nothing stopped him. Nobody stopped him. No contention, no accusations. And tonight, God is inviting you to name anything that's been holding you back. Fears, failures, friendships that fell apart, adversaries, adversities, arrows that were fired at you, name it. Then come and call it what it was so God can deal with it. I'm going to pray just that the Holy Spirit's going to come and, and um, as circumstances come to mind, it can be hard and painful, but this is a safe place. Just write it down. Write in code if you want to. Turn the page over and write a bit more. Go and get another sheet. And we're not rushing this. And of course, we're not going to look through them afterwards. Prayerfully, name the blockages and the barriers. It could be horrible stuff. It could be, it could be somebody else might think it doesn't matter, but it matters to you. It could be from 20 years ago. It could be from 40 years ago. It doesn't matter. If the Spirit brings it to mind, that word they said, that hurt, the sticks and stones, and names, write it and put it in the basket. And when I say put it in the basket in a minute, we're not kind of just going to go, oh, I'm going to put it in the basket. Like, what I want you to do is, the basket I missed the basket pick it up put it back in the basket Joel's gonna put it in the basket we're all gonna cheer it's going in the basket here he goes yes it's going it's going down the well it's like it's gone I'm gonna you know this is what we're gonna invite you to do and and again it's Isaac he didn't camp out around it he didn't he named the saboteurs verse 22 says and he moved from there and dug another well and they didn't quarrel over it so he named it Rehoboth for he said at last the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land we opened the Ivy Cafe on Thursday at Cheadle Hume three years exactly to the day since we bought the lease and it's been hard digging it's been contention and strife and all kinds of struggles during those few years but we were praying there as a team and I said as we prayed there whatever else this is called it can be called Ladybridge it can be called Ivy Cafe it can be called all kinds of stuff but the Lord says this is Rehoboth this is a place where God's given us room and I don't just mean there physically I think as a fellowship and as a church and as individuals God wants to bring us into that more expansive place because Rehoboth means roomy it means expansive. It means big. It means you're not confined anymore. And that's what God wants. You know, it's 70 acres, that place. It's pretty amazing. 
And the Lord has given us room and we will be successful in that land. So if the band can come up and let's start to uh, just to pray and be writing. And in a minute, um, you, can, you can walk up, walk past here and, and write something down and throw it in that well. And it's like, I'm naming that thing that's been holding me back and I'm just going to throw it in there. And really, I mean, only if you mean it. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to ask you, Lord, to be able to deal with that thing. Just call it what it is. And then call upon the Lord to deal with it. And I believe if we do this, then we can come into a place where nobody and nothing in this next season has to hold us back. We can move into this roomy place. And I believe that that's what the Lord has for us in Ivy. Because again, he appeared, as we read at the end, again to Isaac after he'd done this. And he said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. And I will bless you. Do you believe the Lord wants to bless you? Seven people in this room believe that. Do you believe the Lord wants to bless you? It's not about deserving it. It's not because I earn it. It's not because of, you know, I'm as, the Lord wants to bless us because he's a blesser. And then he wants us to be a blessing. He doesn't just stick to us, he goes through us. But he does really want to bless us just because he loves us, not just so we'll go and do stuff for him. He wants to bless you because he loves you. He wants to bless me because he loves me. And so we just got to keep on walking. Even when we feel like we're trapped in enemy territory, can you start to play something? And we're going to move as, we, as we're writing and as we're praying. And the Lord wants us to move. Keep on moving. Don't get stuck. You can move us through the valleys. You can move us and help us over the mountains. He can, can help us to go around that next corner, that blind bend we can't see yet. And it's all because he wants to take us into a, into a bigger place. And that starts with a bigger place in you. It starts with a bigger place in you. No lid. Take the lid off, Lord. No, no restriction. Not from what anybody else said. Just what you say in my life is going to be what I'm going to believe. And some people, as I've been talking, you know you've stayed around that well too long. And I've been there. I'm not pointing the finger. I've hung around those wells and nursed stuff and held it but they, they become poison wells and you, you can't drink that water it just makes you bitter they become bitter waters too there's no life in them and they just confine you but the Lord wants us to be free and to follow him and the enemy wants to keep you in the desert but the Lord is unblocking in the name of Jesus the Lord is unblocking wells of blessing now why don't you put up a hand if that's where you want Lord I just want you to unblock anything anything Lord that's going to hold back what you want in and through my life just tell him in your own words speak to the Lord watch it online ask him the Lord is, is unblocking blessings it comes when we love him back. It comes when we worship. It comes when we forgive. It comes when we trust. It comes when we move on. You know, he, he brought him into a place where there was no contention. There was no fighting. There was plenty of room. And somebody, somebody just keep going. Keep going. You're doing well. Keep going. Keep moving forwards because this Rehoboth place starts on the inside as we worship. So 
come Holy Spirit why don't you stand if you're able as well and let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us and if you're watching online wherever you are put your hands on your heart and say expand me grow me do what you need to do in me Lord and as we worship Lord we want to we want to throw these things away and move into what you've got next for us you know that could be a really precious thing actually it doesn't even have to feel like a bad thing it can be a, something precious to you but but putting it in is a sacrifice but it's like you holding on to the way you want it or you wanted it or you expect it to be and as if you're God and the Lord says I'm God he's got every right to say he's God because he is God and it doesn't have to be your way we follow his way he's the Lord it doesn't have to all look like I expect or want it to and I take up that whatever it is and I just I just leave it Lord with you thank you Jesus come Holy Spirit when you invite him to come closer to you touch my life Lord fill my life thank you that you're here and you're moving in this place Thank you for your presence and your peace. I'm not going to rush this. Some of these things just need to be done a little bit more prayerfully. Things that you've written down is only scratching the surface. just invite the Lord into that hard place and that hurting place all the questions and the struggles and quarrels and contentions and come Lord give us the peace that passes understanding we don't understand it I don't know why you allowed that. We don't know why that happened. I don't know why we had to go through that. But Lord, thank you that you've promised to bless us. We receive your blessings. You can't go and bless others until you receive it. It's just going to be you. It's going to be your own strength. It's going to be what you've got. So let go of that. Say, Lord, I receive your love. Ask him. Fill me again with confidence in your love. To know you, you can bless me a hundredfold. Nothing can stop you. Bless my family. Bless my workplace. Bless my home. Bless my friendships. Bless my life, Lord, again. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. I think he's doing a work in people tonight.
lift the lid. Stretch wide. We've been in a season of confinement. The whole nation, every nation's been in a season of confinement. Lord, stretch us out to the north and the south and the east and the west. Stretch us, Lord. Whatever's been holding us back, whatever's been confining us, Lord, we want to say we're leaving that with you tonight and we're asking you to expand us again. Expand our vision, our faith, our love, our hope. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus. A few more minutes before we come and say, then you can put it in these wells, put it in either one, and then moving into a new place. And just symbolically, but but spiritually and really saying, Lord, I just want to step into that new place. It's different. Led by you into that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So in your own time, as and when you want to, just bring your papers and put them in here as we move into a time of worship together thanks for listening for more podcasts go to ivychurch.org media